So it's in on the sheet on the third page or page 624 in the Pew Bibles. So we're reading Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. And now Edward will come and speak to us. Thank you everybody for that magnificent reading. It's lovely to be continuing in the Psalms of Ascent uh, during the summer. Uh, We've got through quite a few of them on Psalm 127 now, and we're continuing to go with the pilgrims as they go up to Jerusalem to worship. This psalm today has a particular message for us, as indeed all of the Psalms of Ascent have particular emphases. And this one, as our song alluded to just there, about the help that we need from the Lord, that it's not by our human endeavour that we go on in Christian life, in Christian work and ministry, but with the help of the Lord. Various surveys by organisations, including the Evangelical Alliance and others, have shown that church attendance after COVID is generally down by about 20%. And that makes uh, anguished questions of church growth and church life, which were already alive before the pandemic, particularly pressing and more strained. Questions about how do we plant a church? How do we keep going with the existing patterns of ministry? Where do we go from here? How do we change the apparent direction of travel from generation to generation? But church growth isn't just about numbers, as we know. It's about depth as well, about depth of discipleship and spirituality. And the two are very interconnected, the the depth of the church and the breadth of the church. And today's psalm addresses both of those. It's a reminder of how the church grows in both depth and breadth. It's a tonic against mere activism, reminding us that both of those things come from the Lord. It's not all on us. It's on God who provides as well. So firstly, God provides for church growth in depth. Now, the the superscription, which we don't have for this psalm, is that it's of Solomon. And we immediately think various things of Solomon. There's not many psalms that are described as of him, much more by his father David. Um, But we know that he was very wise, very rich. Um, Despite his wisdom, he took a thousand wives and concubines, which was his downfall. And he built the temple in Jerusalem, or the house uh, of the Lord. And we see the word house coming up in that first verse. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And the combination between the house in verse 1 and the superscription of Solomon immediately makes us think temple. We're talking about the temple of God that's being built. And even if this psalm wasn't actually written by Solomon, even if it's simply ascribed to him and written by a later editor, certainly the word association is deliberate. Solomon house, think temple. Possibly the psalm was by uh, Ezra or Nehemiah 500 years after Solomon. 
And that would certainly make sense of the second half of verse 1, where the city is under threat as well. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. When the exiles were coming back from Babylon, they had to rebuild not just the temple, but the entire city. And we're reminded of many people in Scripture who were opposing that work. Rehum and Shimshai and Sanballat and Tobiah and others who opposed Ezra and Nehemiah. Without the city, you can't rebuild the temple. The two are heavily interconnected. So those who build and those who watch over the city are both very much needed in this project. And the presence of enemies, uh, like those various individuals I mentioned, induces anxiety, understandably. In vain, though, you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. He grants sleep to those he loves. God himself gives rest and protection and success in building. It doesn't just depend on Solomon or on Ezra or on Nehemiah or just on the efforts of the Israelite builders and watchers and guards and toilers and workers. This work of building the temple depends on God himself. But how do we read this as Christians uh, who aren't located in 1000 BC or 500 BC Uh, But in 2022 AD, we have no physical temple now, but rather God's presence among us, especially as the gathered church. God's dwelling on earth, God's building project on earth is the church. Well, the psalm is still a psalm about God helping out in the building work, God being the essential ingredient, in fact, in the building work without which none of it can succeed not the building project of the church, the temple, but of the church. And these verses uh, 1 and 2 remind us that God is building holiness within the church, uh, just as the Israelites built the temple within the city of Jerusalem, within the nation of Israel, building holiness in their midst. Not just a human project, but God himself providing for depth among us. Many of us will know that Early in career, sometimes first-hand in fact, that early in career we get a lot of bad jobs. I know that when I was a, a junior lawyer in my previous line of work, I had a lot of mindless tasks that I was given to do. One of those was onboarding clients for the law firm, uh, doing the due diligence before they were allowed to uh, enter the client roster and we gave them advice. So checking out the source of funds, doing uh, politically exposed persons checks, uh, scanning in passports and other forms of ID, sort of grunt work like that. Now, I could do all of that sort of work perfectly, but it would not help at all if the actual advice was never written and never given. I could build a seamless due diligence file, but it would be in vain, in the words of this psalm, uh, from a business perspective, if there was no actual advice written for the client's. I could watch over that file, I could uh, anxiously eat the bread of toil while making it, but it would be in vain if it was not accompanied by the substantial advice that we were being instructed in. Well, likewise, it's in vain for us to try and grow the church in depth without God himself doing his own work as part of that. Now, this verse is not a carte blanche for us to sit back and just watch what God's doing. Uh, We can't, in the words of that 
well-known but slightly misleading phrase, simply let go and let God, we still have a part to play in growing the holiness of the church. Just as the builder in 1000 BC still had to actually build the temple and the guards still had to stand watch and the workers still had to toil, even though they knew that they did those things in vain without the Lord, nonetheless they knew they had to do them with him. God is helping us and is the essential ingredient, but is not simply doing everything like a magic spell all by himself without our involvement. So therefore, we continue to pray, trusting that God will respond. We continue to preach both to ourselves and congregationally, knowing that God is at work by his word. And we all continue to strive for holiness personally and collectively, knowing that God's spirit is at work in us, sanctifying us. At the 9.30 service this morning, I had a bit of fun uh, looking at my breakfast and how I was missing various key ingredients of it. The coffee was all run out, uh, the cereal was all gone, uh, the bagels had disappeared from the bread bin. The essential ingredients of breakfast were all gone, even though I had my plates and my cups and my sauces and my teaspoons all ready to go. And we knew that it was in vain for me to try and have breakfast without those key ingredients. Well, likewise, it's in vain for us to try and build the church, whether by friendly community uh, or by wonderful ancient buildings uh, or by um, having fantastic community outreach events, if we do all those things without the help of the Lord. We need him to be involved. We need to continue to involve him through prayer and the proclamation of his word. Little book uh, as my show and tell today is How Healthy is the Church of England? A, a Church Times health check book that came out about, I think, almost 10 years ago now, actually, but still very relevant, based on a number of articles in the Church Times. And uh, there's a very wide, full range of views expressed in that from what you'd expect to find in the Church of England. And uh, some of them very, very on the money about um, how healthy the Church of England is and what we need to do to uh, take it forward. Um, others less so. And there's a number of views expressed in the book, and it's a multi-authored book, various chapters proposing the solution is to have excellent church music, to have fantastic church choirs uh, in all of our churches. Now, church choirs are fantastic, and uh, so David will agree with me about that, uh, but they're certainly not the silver bullet for rebuilding a healthy church. Uh, to have that, we need to have the Lord himself doing his work through word and prayer alongside all the stuff that we do, which is very good, but it's all in vain, in the words of the psalm, if we try and do it without him helping us. So the Lord builds his church in depth, but also the Lord provides for church growth in breadth, in breadth. And we see that in the second half of our verse, of our psalm rather. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Children are a blessing to any family or society. They are, to state a truism, the future. And they're especially a blessing to a society that is under threat, as indeed the Israel was at the time when it was coming back from exile in Babylon, when there were very few of them in the lands, Uh, The land had been, in fact, repopulated by the Babylonians with all sorts of other nations. 
and there was just a few survivors left in Jerusalem trying to rebuild the walls and rebuild the temple. And like uh, all other blessings, the blessing of children is one that comes from the Lord. He is the one who provides them. They're a heritage from him, a reward from him. The church, unlike Israel, is not primarily an ethno-nationalist society. We don't simply pass on the faith by having physically many children, although they are a blessing to have. No Christian parent can guarantee that their children will follow them, sadly, in the faith. Now, there is a significantly higher likelihood that children of Christian parents will be Christians themselves than children of, who don't grow up in a, a Christian home. But there's still no guarantee. And there's certainly no one who is a Christian simply because their parents were. Rather, people come to faith in Christ by discipleship, whether that discipleship comes from their parents or from other relatives or a teacher at school, or a godparent, or a friend, or a neighbour, or a colleague. Not all of us are, or will be, parents in the flesh. But any of us who are Christians can be parents in the gospel. We can all be fathers and mothers in Christ to many believers. And so the blessing of verse 5, blessed is the man or woman, whose quiver is full of such children, such disciples, they will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. For the Christian reader, the one is blessed who bears fruit 30, 60, 100 fold, as Jesus himself said. Not simply the Christian parents who had 12 children and thought that was the silver bullet for church growth. And I think, therefore, the, what's known as the quiverful movement, uh, particularly in America, is slightly mislabeled because it is all about simply having phys- physical children. Rather, the focus should be on disciples, whether those are disciples in Sunday school on a Sunday morning or disciples who are coming into church through other means than simply through family. It is indeed, I want to affirm, a great blessing to have physical, natural children it's an even greater blessing to have spiritual children and to have disciples in the faith. That is how the church grows in breadth. And that depends on the Lord, on the Lord providing the reward, the blessing of children, a heritage from him, a reward from him. Uh, We are living, it's certainly true, through narrow times as discipleship goes. Um, We don't see dozens and dozens of conversions on a regular basis. Uh, Even in church Sunday schools, we see a steady seepage rather than a steady growth over time. And so we're very conscious, I think, of our dependence on the Lord for spiritual children. More so, perhaps, than in fat and rich times when there's a plentiful harvest of disciples, when we might be much more tempted to forget that children spiritually are a reward and a blessing from God. But although we're conscious of this, uh, sometimes perhaps we're not putting into practice that consciousness. And we always need to strive to do more, to ask for that blessing, to seek that blessing uh, from God. 
I'm not trying to bring in a, a strain of activism here where the psalm is actually a counter, a tonic against activism. Um, but we do need to seek God's blessing and ask him to provide. For the Old Testament people of God, children were a great blessing. And today, uh, without being graphic about it, just like them needing to do something about getting children, we still need to do, do something to actually have that blessing from God. So with us, we need to do our part in the Great Commission. But we can be reassured that the fruit of that comes from the Lord. It's up to God, as a good father, to provide when we seek him obediently. In the coming year, 2022 to 23, that will be starting for schools in September and for all sorts of other organisations, and we run our church life largely in an academic year as well, Where do we look for, for church growth, for growth in both depth and in breadth? Well, if we're looking for that coming from anywhere but from the Lord, ultimately, we are looking in vain. We must look to him who builds, to him for offspring. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for providing the silver bullet in the Lord Jesus. Um, Thank you that he is the one who builds his church. We repent of the times we've tried to build your people without him involved by prayer and word. We thank you so much, Heavenly Father, that you do provide, you have provided through 2,000 years, spiritual children, disciples, to keep your church going and growing. And we pray that same blessing here in Little Shelford today and in the years ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.